0: You're listening to a chapel message from Trinity Christian College, recorded live at the Ozinga Chapel Auditorium in Palos Heights, Illinois. So, as Pastor Ben mentioned at the beginning, today we begin our Advent series in the Book of Ruth, a short little series we're calling Stories of Hope. This fall, we've been considering stories. Stories matter. Most of all, God's big story, which begins in Genesis, as we've looked at, with the creation of the world and the calling of Abraham and the stories of Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. But that story continues on through the Old Testament with the story of ancient Israel, leading all the way up to the New Testament with the stories of Christ and then the church and 2,000 years later, us. And we still look ahead to the end of the story when Christ comes again. This is the great story of the whole cosmos, the whole of human history, and its main character is God. But our stories matter too. Like ancient Israel, we are still waiting for God to work out God's story in the world and in our own lives. So we invite you to journey with us through the book of Ruth which is a beautiful little story and a beautiful reminder of the faithfulness of God to ordinary people and an example of how one individual story, heartache and all, can be woven into the fabric of God's big story. So let's consider. The book of Ruth opens, as we heard, with a grim scene. It's the days of the judges, long, long ago before ancient Israel had a king the days when everyone did what was right in their own eyes. The land was filled with conflict and corruption. And then we hear there's a famine in Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a small town in the hill country near Jerusalem where olives, grain, and grapes grew easily. It still exists. It's now in Palestinian territory in the West Bank. And the name Bethlehem Literally means house of bread, bet lechem, which makes this famine deeply ironic. There's no bread in the house of bread. So Elimelech and his wife Naomi and their sons decide to head for Moab. Now, Moab is pretty loaded. It's east of ancient Israel, outside of the promised land, and it was Israel's last stop in their exodus journey from Egypt into the promised land. So the journey of Elimelech and Naomi echoes the story of the exodus, except that they're going the wrong way. They're headed into enemy territory, but at least there, there's food. It's their hunger that leads them away from home away from the land of their inheritance, away from their people and their God. So it's worth pausing here to ask ourselves, what hungers tempt you to turn your back on the people and promises of God? Sometimes our hunger is real and a legitimate need, like it was for Elimelech and Naomi, and we struggle to trust God to provide. And sometimes our hunger is just a craving for junk food, for stuff that will never satisfy or nourish or help us grow. I wonder what hungers lead you away from your home in God. This family goes to Moab, and then we hear that Elimelech dies. We don't know why or how, but it's tragic and also ironic in part because his name means, my God is king. A bold declaration of truth in these days when there is no king but Yahweh. And yet he died in Moab. And Naomi is left a widow. But life goes on. The sons marry Moabite women. They settle down. They stay for 10 years which is long enough to bear children, except that no children come. And then, more tragedy, Naomi's sons also die. So at the end of this opening scene, we have Naomi empty, alone, she calls herself bitter, and her family is on the brink of extinction. Where is God in all of this? It's a relatable story because these are questions we ask too. Where is God in times of war and food shortage? Where is God when children die, when families are left fatherless? Where is God when tragedy strikes, when hopes are dashed, when suddenly our security is gone and we are left weeping and abandoned and alone? these are especially hard-hitting questions to ask around the holidays when everything is all joy and merry and cheer. Which is why I'm grateful for Advent, this other way of telling time that quietly pushes against the culture of busy and more and invites us to just wait on God. Advent is a time to sit with our hungers and longings, a time to name together that the life of faith comes with seasons of heartache and waiting. If faith hurts, it's not because you're doing it wrong. Ancient Israel waited centuries and generations for God's promises to be fulfilled, for baby Jesus to come. Today, we still wait For Jesus to come again as he promised and make all things new. So, in a way, all of life is Advent. All of life is waiting for Jesus. And there's a quiet beauty in that. Because often when we are waiting in the seasons of silence and suffering and growing in trust, in the seasons when we are hungry and totally dependent on God, often it is precisely there that we are given glimpses of the grace and goodness of God. It's there where we learn the slow, gentle ways of God, the good shepherd, who leads us and feeds us and fills us. After 10 years in Moab, Naomi hears that the famine back home is over. The Lord has blessed his people with food. So, now widowed and childless, Naomi resolves to return home to Bethlehem without her husband and her sons. But she is not entirely alone. Her husband and sons may be gone, but they have left her with two daughters-in-law. And somewhere along the road to Bethlehem, there's this beautiful emotional exchange between these three women. Naomi urges her daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, to return back to Moab. Go back to your family, your people. Naomi knows the times she's living in. As an older widow, she can offer them no protection, no security, no hope for a future. For that, they will need a man. Go home, she says and remarry, have children, go and have the life I hoped for. They're vulnerable and their spirits are fragile. They've all experienced significant loss and we see all three women weeping together. Then Orpah kisses her mother-in-law and heads back home. But Ruth refuses to abandon Naomi. Where you go, I will go, she says. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Ruth essentially vows to stay with Naomi, to cling to Naomi in life and in death. And in that, she shows Naomi a radical love and faithfulness that far exceeds norms and expectations. In a word, she exhibits what the Hebrew scriptures call chesed, mercy, loyalty, kindness, steadfast love. Chesed, it's the heart of God, what the Lord requires of us, what the Lord desires that we show to the world. And so Ruth, this weeping widow, the foreigner, the Moabite, becomes the first unlikely hero in this story, reflecting the character of Israel's God. And I wonder if it's worth remembering in those moments when we feel like Naomi, when we feel all alone and forsaken by God, I wonder if it's worth remembering while we wait, to look up and see who's right there in front of you. Maybe God's already put someone in your path to walk with you along the journey, and you missed it because you're not, they're not the person you were looking for. Maybe God's already provided you with someone who can show God's love to you. Or maybe God is calling you to be that person for someone else maybe we're never quite as alone as we think we are. The other beautiful thing about this story is that while Ruth and Naomi feel like minor characters, at least in their times, forgotten and discarded women in a patriarchal world, God sees them. And God is about to redeem their pain and weave their story into his great story in ways that they could never imagine. It's hunger that leads Naomi away from home. It's a different kind of hunger that leads Naomi and Ruth back to Bethlehem just in time for the barley harvest. They journey to Bethlehem looking for a home, for protection and provision for a child. In short, they are looking for hope. And there's no way these two women could have known, but someday, way in the future, this little town of Bethlehem would yield more than a harvest, more than a child. Someday, in the little town of Bethlehem would be born the hope of the world, a baby, a savior, one who would call himself the bread of life, one who would offer himself as a feast for the whole world, for all the strangers and the misfits and the downtrodden, for all who long to belong, the bread of life broken for you. So this Advent invites you to consider, what are you hungry for? What are you yearning for, waiting for? Perhaps what has made you bitter? Whatever it is, invite you to come to Bethlehem. Come to the table. Come with your empty hands, your broken dreams, your heavy feet. Return to the house of bread. The harvest is about to begin. Amen. Thank you for listening to Trinity Christian College's Chapel Podcast. To learn more about campus ministries at Trinity, visit trnty.edu chapel.